And here we go. The Sprista's Goose. <laughs> I don't apocalypse on Shabbos. <laughs> Trump Shabbos. <laughs> I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then. <laughs> yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential 80s film. That motherfucker gets me excited about science. But yes, I, I do think that this movie requires a couple more views. I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Give me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant classic for you? Uh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moviegoers of all ages, welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender. With me, as always, is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing, or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Aquaman! <laughs> God damn it, it's stuck in my head. <laughs> can't steal my stuff, man. <laughs> hey, I'm borrowing it. I'm letting the world know about it, all right? They've uh, all heard it. You were the only one that has it. <laughs> I'm late to the party. It's okay. Uh, hi, Justin. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I got a, I got a weird stomach thing. I got a fever. And I need more cowbell. Oh shit! Now I feel I feel fine right now. We'll see what happens. Like you're saying, it usually hits later on at night, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you're gonna want to eat a lot of candy. You're gonna want to drink a lot of Monster. It's got some taurines, some B vitamins. Mmm. I do like spoon, that. Spoon your way to health, as it were. There you go. Is that a WebMD article? Mm-hmm. Nice. It is. I earned um, my degree from home <laughs> online. <laughs> uh you go to new york next week right i do well by the That's time cool. you hear this by the time our listeners hear this i should be back nice um it's for an anime convention yeah anime nyc cool that'll be fun yeah, yeah. lots of lots of gundams and the dragon balls and the sailor moons and the one piece and all that other stuff did you see that the entire dbz um series is going to be on netflix i think starting this month oh wow yeah that's a a lot of dragon ball i know it's going to be 15 episodes of them powering up yeah there's a lot of that it's like 300 (laughs) episodes and you can easily trim that down to like 100 i was wearing my dragon ball hoodie last night actually ah with all the uh the stars with all the dragon balls all the dragon balls and shenron the dragon on the back yeah what what movie are we doing this week we are doing rounders from 1998 um rounders it was directed by john Dahl, who transitioned from movies to film he this movie came out in 98 this movie uh holds a special place in my heart because it reminds me of high school um i used to be a young matt damon and i would be an underground gambler with my friends we played poker all the time and uh we constantly quoted this film um but uh, yeah, this movie wasn't a huge, I guess, success or it wasn't widely known. I mean, if you took a poll of 100 people in a room, I would say maybe like five of them had know what Rounders is, um, which is surprising considering the cast. You have a lot of Oscar winners in there, too. So, um, yeah, let me just jump right into the cast then. So you have Matt Damon, uh, Gretchen Maul, John Malkovich, D- John Turturro, um, Martin Landau, Edward Norton, uh, what was the guy's name who plays Grandma again? Uh, Michael Rispol, Rispoli. Uh, Rispoli. Rispoli. Uh, Fam- Famke Jansen. 
uh, yeah, you, you have a lot of pretty well-known actors for a movie like this. Um, but yeah, do you uh, what's your what's your history with Rounders, Justin? Um, I saw it when I was in college mm-hmm. and I liked it. I'm not a good card player. I enjoy playing cards, but I I mean, I can I have a poker face, which is fine because I, I can I can usually make people believe whatever I say. But um Bullshit. I'm just, I'm just not good at... Uh, are you kidding? Every time we play that werewolf game, I, I win. I know. You're, you're actually good at that. Because I want I want to believe you that you're lying, but you're not lying. <laughs> I or know. Vice versa. I yeah. know. It's so funny. I, I fucking crush at that game. Um, anyway, I have, I have a good poker face. I just, I'm terrible at gambling. So I try not to do it. I don't, not that I have a problem. But like if I go to Vegas, for example, you know, I know that I am going to lose... The money that I play with, so I just I budget X amount of dollars that I want to lose, and then I'm cool with losing it. Nice. But um, something about this particular movie, I think it's a lot of fun. It actually taught me how to play Hold'em because I, I was I was familiar with the game, but I wasn't um, you know comfortable to play. But I think after watching it, I was ready to jump right in. I was like, oh shit, I could totally do this. Um, <laughs> so just playing with like friends, it's fine. I mean, I would never go sit down with strangers and play for money. That's not something I could ever in a million years do. Mm-hmm. But um, I enjoy the movie. I, I like the music a lot, uh, especially Worm's theme. Every time he comes, every time Edward Norton comes on screen, there's like this beat that goes. It's like <laughs> and it's really mischievous and it's it's funny. Uh, and it just pretty much sums up his character. And uh, I dig it. This movie, um, it's funny because uh, I used to play a ton, like I was saying, and we would play. Well, we'd play each other like friends and stuff. But then we'd go to um, things like Slow Pitch up in Bellingham and they're just card rooms. And I remember my first time ever going there. Um, I was actually doing pretty well and I got super nervous because there's this guy sitting across across from me and there's like seven people at the table or six people at the table and it, it was just him and I at a certain point. He looked exactly like Matt Damon and I beat him Matt and my, my, my friend was like, way to, way to take care of rounders over there. <laughs> I, I, he looked exactly like him. I'm like, oh, this this dude, this dude fucks, you can tell. And uh, no, it was, uh, he, he was actually really bad. But I used to... I used to love this film. Um, we played all the time back in the day. I have a pretty solid poker face. Meh, meh, meh. But um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do, you get the, do you get the reviews in front of you? I have some, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Todd McCarthy from Variety. He says, intermittently engaging, but dramatically slack. Huh. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Johnston. <laughs> From timeout, he says, <laughs> the end result is still short of a winning hand since the screenplay is so utterly predictable. Fuck, this guy. He doesn't even have a picture, so I don't take him seriously. <laughs> Google me. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those Twitter eggs with like eggs. zero followers. Oh, uh, let's see here. Jonathan Rosenbaum. From Chicago Reader, he says, Gretchen Mull, Edward Norton, John Turturro, Martin Landau, and Famke Jensen co-star. They're all pretty good, but not enough to make this 1998 feature worth seeing. Whew, Mr. Rosenbaum. I do not think you are correct. <laughs> I agree. I don't think he's correct either. Them's be the fighting words there. Uh, Liam Lacey from Globe and Mail. He says... Though it's a good-looking flick with some smart acting and a few flashy runs, it barely breaks even dramatically. 
and feels overall like a good chance wasted. Man, I don't get that at all either. There's a lot of negativity up in here. I know. I see that. Uh, let's see here. Jason Bailey from FlavorWire. He says, The most vivid and most enjoyable movies immerse us in a world and show us how that world works. The screenplay by David Levin and Brian Koppelman does that. Doll's Direction closes the deal. It's like they didn't see the same movie. I know. That's... Some of these these reviews are, I'm, uh, yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking. I'm like, were you even watching it? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, last one. John Fortgang from Film 4 says, John Dahls creates an intelligent and character-driven crime drama built around solid performances by Damon and Norton. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. You should go set. <laughs> If you have free time and you have a streaming service that's playing it. Yeah, it's on it's on the Netflix. It was? Yeah, I that's how I watched it. Oh, I have it on DVD and I watched it in really poor quality. Oh, um it was full I, screen too. I streamed that shit. Oh, I should have checked. I don't know why I normally check all the time. That's really annoying. In fact, uh, it was just the other day I, I texted you. I was like, "Hey dude, I know it's your turn to pick the movie, but I want to do rounders. <laughs> and the only reason I did that is because I was seeing what was on, and rounders was on the Netflix. And I was like, mm. "Oh shit!" I watched well, it right there. You check, check, check. You check, yeah. check, check. <laughs> you tricked me, <laughs> Mister <laughs> Chick, Chick, Chick. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, do you have the dollars in front of you? Ah, the dollars and cents. Uh, this movie had a budget of twelve million dollars. Uh, not so bad. Um, domestic, it made 8.4. Total gross at 22.9. So, made its money back. Um, that's that's good. But I don't think the world was prepared um, for what was coming. You know, interestingly enough, this is 1998. This is pretty much when, you know, Norton and Damon were really starting to, to come alive and, and be in like every movie for like the next couple of years. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Matt Damon obviously had uh, Goodwill Hunting already under his belt. Um, mm-hmm. Edward Norton had Primal Fear and um, People versus Larry Flint. So and American people, History X. Uh, they came out the same year, yeah, in 98. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure it was American History X that just sealed the deal for Edward Norton, Edward Norton on, on him yeah. being absolutely amazing. And then, of course, to follow that up with like Fight Club, it's a big mm-hmm. deal. And of course, Matt Damon went on to do a billion trillion movies. Um, you know, Saving Private Ryan was also in '98. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of good things going on for these guys. Interstellar. I forget that he's in that every time. Yeah, I know. I'm like, he's oh a, yeah, he's that asshole. <laughs> he, he's the he's the Pepsi twist in that one. Yeah. Damn. So in 2002, Edward Norton was in four movies. He was in 25th Hour, Red Dragon, Frida, and Death to Smoochie. So he was busy. He was busy in the early 2000s. I mean, and then Italian Job in 2003. Uh, Did you see Death to Smoochie? No, it's a dark so comedy funny. with Robin Williams, right? It's so funny, dude. I, it? I watched it like uh, it's one of those like two in the morning HBO type of deals. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I put it on and I couldn't put it down. I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Really? I mean, I was in a really interesting place in my life in that time. And it resonated pretty well with me. I haven't seen it since. I've only seen it the one time. And it was a late night viewing when I was in college. And um, holy shit. 
it just took me back. I remember the apartment <laughs> that I was in, tiny little like six hundred square foot apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goodness, it was one of those ones where the sink is in one room and then the actual toilet and shower in another. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those before. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, let me uh, let me jump into a quick summary for anybody who has not seen this, for the millions of people that have not seen this. Um, <clears throat> all right. In the game of in the game of Texas Hold'em poker, the stakes are high, but the rewards are even higher. Mike, a poker protege, loses all of his law school tuition to a Russian mobster, Teddy KGB. Nine months pass, and it seems that Mike has turned his life around, making an honest buck as a working truck driver. When Mike's con artist friend, Worm, gets released from prison, he entices Mike to come out of his gambling hibernation to continue to earn money hustling amateur players. Mike slowly starts to see his life crumble around him as Worm leads him on one bad decision after another. Mike gets into serious trouble as he accumulates an absurd amount of debt from Worm, who ends up owing some serious cash to Grandma and Teddy KGB. Mike eventually cuts ties with Worm, seeing him as a parasite, and decides to go it alone. With with nothing to lose, Mike takes $10,000 and challenges Teddy KGB to a head-to-head no-limit game in which Mike gets the best of him. Mike earns enough to settle all debts and even accumulates the funds to go to Vegas and accomplish his lifelong dream of the World Series of Poker. No matter how hard he tries, Mike is a poker player and is destined to always raise the stakes. That was written by Zach Rancourt. Oh. Yeah, you like that? A little double entendre there to raise the stakes. I don't eat meat. <laughs> yeah. But like ste- <laughs> steaks for like a tent, you know? <laughs> yeah. I can hammer those in the ground real good. <laughs> Anywho, so uh, okay, instant immediate reaction. What what is your verdict on this film? Did you like this film? Oh yeah, I, I love it. Start from start to finish, fantastic. You, when was the last time you saw it? Uh, three days ago. No, I know, but I mean before that. Uh, probably two years ago. Two years ago. Okay, so for me, it had been at least ten years. I know I say that a lot, but like movies like this, I just have not watched in a very very long time. Um, yeah, I um I liked it. I think it's. <clears throat> I didn't like it as much as I used to, but I still really cared for it. Um, and I think because of the nostalgic factor, but I think it's a good if you flip on TNT and it just happens to be starting. It's like, you know what? It's Sunday. I got nothing to do. I'm going to watch it. Um, but yeah, it didn't blow my socks off. I think there were great performances from uh, a lot of the actors, but uh, I really do like it. And like what you were saying, it taught you about poker. Um, and I think that was probably one of the strongest suits of this was the narration and stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, like, I normally don't like that narration, but in a movie like this, I think it was necessary, and it was kind of cool how they were cutting between different things. Yeah, it's, I think it's definitely necessary because uh, while the players, are, they're doing their own thinking while they're looking at the cards. Mm-hmm. That's not something that we would know what they're saying unless mm-hmm. they're telling us, and they can't exactly say their thoughts out loud because they're playing each other. <laughs> so, yeah. And this, this is one of those times where we definitely need to hear what Mike is, is thinking. Well, and it's and it's cool because he at the start of it, he's like, you know, you you play the man, not the cards per se. Um, And so behind their eyes and behind what they're doing um, and even at the climax when um, he's playing Teddy and Teddy has his Oreos, you know, it's at that moment that you can see that Mike picks up on his tell. And I don't want to say you have to be a smart viewer to notice that. But if you're not paying attention, 
you could be like, why are they lingering on him for that long? They did. They made it just subtle enough to really respect the viewer. And that's why Teddy grabs the Oreos and throws them, you know, because he's like, that was his tell. Um, I really like that. I thought that that was set up early on by the narration and all of his allusions to, you know, Johnny Chan, how he can um, how he burned Eric Seidel at the World Series of Poker in 88 or whatever. Um, I thought that that was that was neat. So it was it was a good way to do it. <laughs> um, one, one thing about this movie, though, is I think it can be somewhat problematic. Um, I think it, it obviously clearly deals with some sort of addiction and that would be gambling addiction in this sense. Um, but do you think that that was Mr. Dahl's intent w- in making this film? What do you think he was going for on this um, narration of gambling addiction? If, if, if any. Uh, what do I think he was the direction he was going for, for a gambling addiction? Well, sorry, I should phrase that differently. Do you think that he thought about gambling addiction while making this film? Because he, he definitely shows it because clearly Mike can't get away from his, his old ways of playing cards. I mean, when he comes back and his girlfriend, when Joe is like, you know, I stayed up all night for you. Can you just give me at least some sort of story? Were you playing cards? It's not, were you having sex with another woman or something? It's, were you playing cards? And obviously poker is a huge problem for him, but it's also a salvation essentially. Um, what do you think John Dahl's intent in, in showing, um, in making this movie was, did he just want to make a good story? Was he kind of like, Hey, be cautious about overstepping your bounds and gambling. Or I, I mean, I may be looking too much into it, but I'm just trying to draw something out of it. Well, okay, so it's actually kind of interesting because we were just talking about this the other day when we were dealing with, um, we were talking about Raising Arizona and we were talking about can people change? And there's this amazing scene with um, with uh, Matt Damon. Martin Landau. And, and Martin Landau, where he was talking about how he dedicated his life's work to becoming, you know, an attorney and then a judge. Um, but he was shunned by his family. And, you know, he's, he, everyone in his family were, were rabbis and he was supposed to be a rabbi too. And he, he couldn't, he knew that it wasn't something that he could do. You know, he, he had made a conscious decision that this isn't something that I could do. Um, and, you know, then, and then Matt Damon's character, Mike, he was like, but you have a respectable profession. And he's like, not to my family, my parents, they were devastated, destroyed by my decision. You know, my father sent me to New York to live with distant cousins. You know, I eventually found my place in my life's work. You know, he immersed himself fully, studied everything he could about law, and he felt uh, deeply inside that this is what he was born to do. And then, you know, Mike's like, did your parents ever get over it? He's like, no, I always hoped that they would find a way to change their mind. Uh, but they were inconsolable. You know, my mo- my father never spoke to me again. Um, that's That's some pretty hardcore stuff, but... But what he ultimately what he says is, uh, which which ties back to raising Arizona, was that the last thing I took away from the yeshiva was this: we can't run from who we are. Our destiny chooses us. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we got into a pretty deep discussion about you know, can people change? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I think we are who we are. And yeah, we can grow and develop, um, but at, at our core, we are who we are. And in this case, um. Petrovsky, he figured that out at a very young age. And he was like 12 and he's like, this isn't for me. I need to go do something else. Yeah. And I, I think that parallels 
Matt Damon's character. He's not supposed to be driving a truck. He's not supposed to be going to law school. He is he's not here for that purpose. He's supposed to, to do what he does best, which is, uh, you know, in this case, play cards, read people. So do you think that's like a destiny then for him? Because I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't believe in destiny. Sure. I mean, I don't necessarily believe in destiny either, but I do believe that, you know, I am my own person and I make my own choices. But at the end of the day, it is my makeup, my genetic makeup that will uh, sort of dictate my choices. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know that I will only like it's hard for like, you know, the whole like thinking out of the box <laughs> mentality. You know, I could try other things, but I know deep down that this is who I am and this is what I'm I'm meant to do in, in a in a, almost in like a metaphorical sense to where like um, I can't like say that my path is already chosen, but I can say that I know what I'm best at and I should focus on that. Like for me, I'm just, you know, like I'm a, I don't even want to get into it too much, but no, I don't believe in destiny, but I do believe <laughs> we are who we are. <laughs> it's a very long discussion. We'll have it over a beer sometime, but yeah. Um, no, I, 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 like I, I do think, I do think that this scene is, is there to, to tell us that we are who we are and accept it. And maybe other people won't, maybe the people closest to us, the ones that love us and, and want the best for us won't accept it. But that's not important. What is important is you accepting you. Do you think that's why maybe he didn't really fight super hard for Joe at the end? He wasn't, you know, he he was going to Vegas. Um, Yeah, they're on different paths. Yeah. And it was kind of it wasn't a cliche ending where it's like he gets the girl and she moves with him or something. It's he's like, hey, you know, I'll see you later. Because maybe he understood that he was kind of this problematic character for her in her life because she was an attorney that's why she's like you know if you ever need an attorney he's like i will need one um accepting what he has for his 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 life and maybe him letting go of worm because worm was a big part of him right i mean you know he didn't rat out matt Matt damon and in turn worm got expelled from school um for that whole scam that they were pulling or whatever Um, he owed worm a lot but at the same time he's like look worm's never gonna change and I, I need to stop trying to make him change. And I just need to cut him loose, cut his ties. Yep. So that's oh, true. That's another thing. I mean, just like, just like the way Mike is who he is, Worm is who he is. And there's, you can't, you can't change it. She couldn't change Mike. Mike couldn't change Worm. There's, there's no, you can't fight it. Just, just be you. Hmm. What a profound movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I do think, I mean, I'm, I'm along the same lines, lines as you is, and we won't get into it too much, but like, I don't necessarily believe in destiny, but I do believe that we have purposes and it's up to you, um, to find that. And, you know, there are great people, Kalel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, they, it, it just kind of, it, it depends on, on the path you want to go about it. Like he was trying that thing. It wasn't working for him, uh, the truck driving and whatever. And, he realized that he just wanted to play poker. And I really liked the scene when he's explaining to you want me to take a dive to, yeah. to John Turturro, uh, Joey Kanish, I think is his name. Uh, when he's explaining yeah. to him why in the, in the Russian bathhouse, like why he went and put all that money up against Teddy KGB. Cause he told Joey, he's like, you don't take risks in life. And like I, I did, I had to, um, and he kind of explained that one night he went out to Atlantic City really late, like three in the morning or something. And he got to play at a table with Johnny Chan at that time, the greatest poker player in the world. 
Um, and he he bluffed him. He he made him muck his cards and like that was inspirational to him. And I think it's that moment that he was like, you know what, I'm I'm destined to do this in for lack of a better term, but I'm destined to do this to play poker. And he knew what he was good at. He's playing the cards that were dealt to him in life. Ooh. <laughs> There you go. So, um, but yeah, I, I really liked that part. And that goes back to what we were saying about the narration. Um, I think they did a good job of like cross-cutting um, voice overlays with like what's kind of happening with dramatizations or different things. Like when him and Worm first get back and they go to uh, that rich guy's house with a whole bunch of like bros and they were playing poker. And he's like, we were doing all the scams, like the double under, the kanishka shuffle or something i don't know and then um he they show it like happening and stuff i thought that that was really cool because it was quick it showed you kind of what was going on and clearly they have a good rapport with each other for the most part right worm's just one of those friends that and it's funny his name is worm but he's just one of those friends that yeah like sometimes you have to let go from your your childhood because you know they're not the best for you but loyalty only goes so far and uh he's just he's a scumbag man i was gonna say yeah he's toxic he's so toxic um, and I was getting kind of tired of every time throughout the movie, it just it seemed a little too much when it was as soon as something good would be happening, Worm would mess it up. And then again, you know, they, they, he'd be like, OK, we got to fix this. And then Matt Damon would come and fix it. And then Worm would mess it up again. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is happening so often. Um, but, you know, inversely, that, that was actually really interesting, too. Like the fact that Worm is such a such a worm that he built up that seven thousand dollar credit against Mike at that um that underground club that he normally goes to. He's like, he put his reputation on the line and he was, he was messing it up. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't like him. He was, he wasn't a nice guy. <laughs> He's pretty terrible. A big question though I had for you is why, what are your reasons or what, what do you think is the reason that this movie wasn't as popular or well-known? Um, it's kind of like a cult classic, this film. I asked my roommate who, he watches movies but doesn't watch a ton. And I was like, oh, we're doing Rounders for an episode. He's like, oh, I love that movie. And he said, it's a cult classic. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Um, because like I said, if you asked about 100 people, I bet maybe only five or 10 would would know what this movie is. What do you think is the reason behind that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just like ahead of its time in some weird way. Um, I, for me, I didn't really care about cards until I was like in my mid twenties. Uh, I'd seen the movie before that, but I mean, there was a time where poker was like everywhere. You know, it was all these buy-ins were all over the place, especially here in in LA. I remember all these like competitions that were happening, and it just be- I just became much more aware of it. So it might just be like um, awareness, like people, this world definitely existed, but it wasn't available to everyone. You know, these are all these weird, like underground clubs, whereas now you could just go to a casino and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I no, think, I think I agree. now it's, it's much more available to everyone. And back then it wasn't. So if it's not available, and it's not part of your world. Maybe you're not even it's not even on your radar. Plus, you know, again, Matt Damon and and um, Edward Norton, maybe three years, like in 2002 or 2001 or something, if they would have made it then, then, then maybe it would have been more popular too. Um, they still were, were still blossoming into their careers, as it were. Mm-hmm. So um, 
and you, and people can argue this or whatever, but the World Series of Poker has been around for uh, quite a, quite a while. But I remember the popularity of it grew back in 2003 um, when Chris Moneymaker, he was an online poker player. He came in and he won the event. And just the sheer fact that his last name was Moneymaker was pretty cool. But um, <laughs> it, it opened this door to I mean, he changed his name, obviously, but um, it opened the door to a lot of average Joes who think that, you know, maybe they can't be the best. They can't hit a home run or they can't uh, do a slam. Why did I say do a slam dunk? <laughs> slam dunk a basketball um, or anything like that. They can't do a do a hit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but maybe they can just log on and play poker and get good. And then, boom, there you go. Um, and after 2003, it blew up. I mean, in my school, in my high school, people were playing left and right. You'd go to like Friday nights to random people's houses, people you would never really hang out with. And you're like, holy shit, there's like 30 people here playing. So it was it was a big phenomenon and it went on for years. Um, and so I think that this movie being, you know, five years behind that was unfortunate because it didn't pick up traction until a little bit later with that. Now, had this come out at the height of it? Um, I think that this would have gotten a lot more dollars. I don't know if it necessarily would have been as good because maybe it would have been uh, um, influenced by the current state of of uh, Texas Hold'em. But yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, that was a big point. In uh, Casino Royale, don't they even play Hold'em yeah. in that game? Yep. So I mean, that, and that's what, 2007 maybe was Casino Royale? Something like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it became much more popular. Mm-hmm. That's a good example. Yes, Casino Royale is they play No Limit Texas Hold'em, and it's two thousand six. Was it two thousand six? Okay, so three years after this was big, so it was at the height of of its you know popularity, right? Um, and the stakes of it. So in Casino Royale, I thought that that was excellent um, because it was high stakes. Um, same with this one, but maybe people weren't as into it because it was so quick, and everyone knows James Bond and whatnot, but. The stakes of that that match between him and Le Chiffre, Le Chiffre or whatever uh, were were really good because most people kind of knew at this point, like, oh, there's the flop, there's the river, and whatnot. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. It just became it wasn't popular at the time. That was yeah. that was the biggest problem. Damn popular, but and, uh, <laughs> but I like. It. I think it's so much fun. Well, and also, so I guess what the internet really wasn't starting to get big until like 2001, 2002. And so this movie was in 98. That was like on the backbone of the internet. You still had the dial up modems. Um, so you couldn't really talk about this movie online. Right. <laughs> Go to your nearest internet forum. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it, true. It's so crazy to think about that. Like in 98, I was still going to the library to do my reports instead yep. of just going online. Moviepoopshoot.com. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did enjoy the the slang and the dialogue they used in this. Uh, it, it didn't seem cheesy. It seemed necessary and it seemed more natural when they're talking. Like I said, mucked earlier, like, you know, like uh, flopping your car, bluffing basically. Um, or he's like, don't splash the pot. Like if you yeah, if, in my club, I yeah, can splash the pot whenever the fuck I want. I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Man, he's so good. Uh, John Malkovich is... I, I don't know if I've seen a bad John Malkovich film. Mm. He's hes really good. He's pretty good. I like him in that movie with Clint Eastwood where he's going to shoot the president. In the oh, line of fire. Yes, there you go. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a really good one. 
My daddy's birthday is July 14th. <laughs> Cyrus the virus. Oh, jeez. That's clever. Um, yeah. Uh, and I was saying how they showed his tell with the Oreos. I thought that that was really neat because um, it was cool. It gave it gave this insight into Mike's brain on how it worked without them going overly descriptive on it. Um, you know, he was really good with numbers. I liked that scene when the judges were playing and he he's like, I bet an intern, a summer intern at your law firm that I know what ca- cards you were holding. And he kind of explains and goes around. He's like, because your eyes were on the river there. And um, and uh, that, that was cool because that gave the the average citizens. It, it made this intense game of poker and this intricate game of poker. Um, they put it in layman terms, basically. Right. Um, so. And then the the Atlantic City scene when when all of them come in there and they're just taking tourist money, but they're not even necessarily they're like, yeah, we don't care. We're not playing against each other. We're all just playing together. It was like a bonding thing for all of them because yeah. they're they're these old dogs who are just playing together. And yeah, they'll take tourist money, but it doesn't matter. It's all going to kind of divvy up between all of them. Yeah, that was a fun scene. Um, and then uh, I did like the I think it was kind of maybe the apex of the point that Mike was like, I need to get rid of Worm when they went to the um, police officers uh, underground game. The municipal workers. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I was like, oh my God, when he comes in. But there was a really cool, subtle thing that I, that I, I saw on this go around that I really enjoyed. So what it does is it, it's a close up of Matt Damon. He's like, you know, stacking his chips or whatever. And then you hear a guy in the background is like, Hey guys, I met this guy at the bowling alley and he says he plays gods and you hear Edward Norton's voice and you kind of see a little glint on, on Matt Damon and he's like motherfucker. And, but he doesn't turn around. He, it doesn't do anything dramatic. He just continues to pretend like he's, he's being nonchalant or whatever. And then he introduces himself. I thought that that was really cool because he's a consummate professional, even though he's like, you son of a bitch. I told you to stay away. Yeah. He should have left. I would have left. I'd have been like, this." And so would I, but I don't know how that works, right? Like, I don't know if they're like, hey, you have to continue playing until we beat you up or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Because he was still friendly poker. with them at that time. Um, yeah, he could just be like, all right, well, I'm about. Yeah. It's, it's been real. I don't play poker with cops, so I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, I don't either, but they were all cool until they, they got caught cheating. Dude, they were beating the shit out of them, too. Yeah. That was gnarly. It's like, are you supposed to read us our rights? <laughs> Just beats the shit out of him. Yeah, that's terrible. Did you um did you like his relationship with uh with Joe with Gretchen Mall? Hmm. No, not really. Um, I mean, I, it's just one of those things where she had had enough. They'd already obviously been dealing with this before, mm-hmm. and you know, we talked about like gambling addiction and just having an addict in my life. It's it's very tiresome, mm-hmm. and. Uh, at some point you have to say enough is enough and you have to, um, in the words of Fleetwood Mac, you gotta go your own way. <laughs> and, uh, and she never break the chain. <laughs> Honestly, dude, it's, it's exhausting. Um, yeah. and he, and lying is just the worst, one of the worst things you can do. I hate, I fucking hate liars and it's just not something I want to be a part of. Um, and so when you've, dealt with that and you've you've had to find ways to overcome it and you think you're there and then it goes right back to the way it was you just you can't trust an addict but you can trust an addict to be an addict and it's just it's not a good thing and you just gotta gotta distance yourself so i think in her mind she did the right thing 
Uh, I would have done the same if I were her. Mm-hmm. And, and you notice how he gets upset. Like he's mad and he's, he's mad at her. He's mm-hmm. mad at worm. He's mad at the situation, but it was all stuff that he could have controlled. Yeah. And, but I mean, again, it goes back to the, Hey, you are who you are. Yeah. He wasn't blaming anybody. He was like, nope. and that's why I think after she, worm and him come to his house and, um, she's gone. He finds out she's all gone. He's not, He's not like, son of a bitch, Warren, this is your fault or anything crazy like that. He sits down and he's like, fuck it, let's go to let's go to Atlantic City. Um, that's like his escape. But he also understands that this is all his doing. Um, and like, yeah, Worm didn't help the situation. But at the same time, he continued to hang out with him and he enabled him to do these. He knew his nature. He knew that Worm wouldn't change, but he still freaking tried. And it was kind of annoying. So, um, yeah, it's uh, that's hard, man. Addiction. Addiction is scary. I'm addicted to Skittles. <laughs> I like the no. purple bag, the berry. Do you think that people can be born lucky? Um, and like what I mean is how much work do you think that Mike had to put into playing Texas Hold'em? Um, was was he just born lucky or did he study analytics um, like the people or just the skill of playing cards, playing the cards that you're dealt? He says something along the lines at the end about about luck. Um and to me, Texas Hold'em isn't about luck. But do you think that like some people can be born lucky? Or do you um, think it's just this, this facade? I, I think some people might just have. Uh, some things are just easier for them than others. And in this case, for, for the sake of cards, you know, he just looks at things differently. He looks at the world differently. He looks at people differently. And he just has a better understanding, something that you and I could not uh, wrap our heads around. Uh, some people are just better at, at others when it comes to cards. And I think that that's his case. I do know that I have met people that seem like everything just falls into place for them mm-hmm. with, with very little effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can call it luck if you want. Um, I'm always fascinated. I maybe a little bit jealous sometimes. I'm always a little curious how they got to be where they are, knowing mm-hmm. their lack of discipline. Um, I'm always just fascinated that they were able to achieve so much with so little, but that's uh, that's my problem, not obviously not theirs. <laughs> and uh, you know, I can admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would say that they might have had a stroke of, of luck, but. Ultimately, I think that hard work pays off, and if you if you work at something hard enough, you'll pretty, you will probably get it. Um, it just takes discipline, it takes time, and it's different for everybody. So, um, I do think that there, because of probability, when it comes to certain types of gambling, their luck exists. Um, like you can't just throw um, chips on a number in roulette and expect to win. Right. Um, that you would be lucky if you your number did land. But something like cards in this case, where you're playing the player and not your hand, you could easily fold. That's the cool thing about it is if you don't have the cards and just say, no, you know what? I'm just going to sit this one out and you play play the next hand. So, I mean, you have a lot of control. You don't Mm -hmm. control what cards you're going to get or what's going to flop, but you can decide if you want to continue playing versus all bets are are off and <laughs> you know you, you got to wait for that ball to drop that's very different i think and um when when joe moves out she says 
you know, and even Mike says it too, that the first thing he taught her to do in a game is like ditch the cards that you know aren't going to work or something along those lines. Um, and like knowing when to give up. Um, it's funny though, because I do think that this story is a metaphor for poker. Um, you know, you play the hand you're dealt. If it doesn't work, like you can try to bluff or you can try to fake it for as long as you want. But if it doesn't work, you're going to get exposed and you might just need to throw your cards away and go on and live another day or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that uh, he does train pretty hard for certain things. And this is just me assuming um, because he is about reading the people and he has to pick up those tells. I'm sure that he's shaped by his environment and he picks up traits from other people um like you know when they have when someone's like oh that kid's a protege at sports or music or whatever right um prodigy they well yeah i sorry not a protege a prodigy um so but when they're a prodigy they still have to work their ass off it's not just a hey everything comes easy they still have to work they put the time in and do these things um and i think that that's what mike still has to do that's why he goes and he plays that's why he ha- he went to atlantic city by himself he w- thought he was on this incredible win streak uh, it's not just it's willed to him basically right so um yeah what else you got you got anything else no that's it this is a short one this one is uh yeah this one's it's short um Ultimately, I, I'm really annoyed that I didn't know it was on Netflix because I watched it on really crappy quality. But I know, I it. But uh, yeah, uh, what is your your grade for this one? Letter grade? Oh man, this is a B plus. Love this movie. Yeah, I'd say it's a solid. You know, what? I'd give it a B plus too. Actually, I was gonna say like a B minus or a B. Um, but I think B plus just because you're hinged on some pretty excellent performances, some under underappreciated performances too. And um, I think there's a lot going on there. And this was like, you're right, the the kind of start of Norton and Damon's careers. And they've gone on to make some pretty awesome stuff. Um, But yeah, I would, uh, I like showing these type of, I guess they'd be mundane films because some people didn't know, let's say uh, Poker, Texas um, Hold'em didn't get as popular as it, as it did. Uh, This would be one of those movies that'd be fun to show people because they'd be like, oh, I didn't know that this existed this world or something. So, um, and they were pretty true to, to what it was. There wasn't a whole bunch of, it didn't seem very unnatural. I mean, obviously some of like the underground shit seemed a little over the top, but, um, it still was, uh, it still was pretty true to, to how the game is. Right. Like, I mean, I can't pretend to know much about a secret underground world where you got to knock a certain way, or I know a password or someone has to know <laughs> you to get inside the room to play. Um, yeah. and I can't even, even imagine having $30,000 that I could just lose and be okay with that. Oh man, um, that's a lot of money. Yeah, no, that's nuts. I mean, I, I, I can go to Vegas knowing that I'm going to walk away with $300 less because of gambling and I'm okay with that, but I don't want to go any higher than that. <laughs> that would suck. Um, yeah, that's, and I would a lot, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's, that's it for me. Like, and I'm okay with that. Like I will literally have $300 and be like, okay, Let's see if we can turn this into three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what about sweeten the pot by adding a dollar? Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll get comp the free breakfast and then I'll be fucking sweet. I want to pay for my waffles, but um, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, there was one time, dude, where I I just had a hundred dollar bill and I threw it on black and I won and it just became two hundred dollars magically and I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, this is 
is easy. Uh, and I, and I, I my job. And I stopped. I, like, I didn't keep playing. I didn't press my luck. No whammies, no whammies. And stop. I just grabbed my money and just kept moving on. I was like, Sweet. I didn't even have to get chips. I was just like, done. $100 bill. Um, so that was cool. I was with David. He's like, damn, you're brave, dude. And uh, I was like, eh, it's only money. And then I won. And that, that never happened ever again. So <laughs> quit while you're ahead. Right? Yeah. I, and that's just how I am. Like I am, I am okay with being up $8 <laughs> and stopping. <laughs> it's like, dude, now I can have lunch. This is awesome. Um, Cause at the end of the day, I'm, I'm in the black. I'm not in the red. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, but that's, that's just me. In terms of luck. I mean, like, to answer my own question, kind of, I, I don't necessarily believe in luck, but I do think that you're right. Like some people are maybe more quote unquote lucky than others. Um, and for me, anytime there's like a drawing or like a 50, 50 raffle or something like that, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to win. I don't think in my adult life I've ever won a single raffle. Dude, the last time I won a raffle, it was a size small shirt. It's <laughs> like, all right. And that was in 2007. I was at this uh, annual meeting and it was a raffle and that's what I won. It was a, it was a shirt and it was a size S. And I am not an S. <laughs> it means hope. The S means hope. Yeah. <laughs> As in, I hope to fit in it one day. I know that's what I mean. <laughs> Goddamn Superman. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. I uh, love the movie. Love everyone in it. I've I've seen this movie several times, and I'm mm-hmm. always excited. In fact, when I because it comes and goes from Netflix, so usually I watch it when it's back on, and then I'll watch it again one more time before it leaves. Then a year or two will go by, and it'll come back on, and I'll come home from work, and I'm like, oh yeah, Rounders is back, and then I'll make my dinner and I'll start it, and I usually finish right as uh he's coming back with the delivery truck for the first time and uh like it's like about 15 minutes or so and mm-hmm. i was like well i'm 15 minutes in now i gotta finish it so then I'll just <laughs> watch it again. so I've, I've seen it plenty of times well over 10 times i've seen this movie um i just enjoy right. it it's just one of those ones that that when it's on i will just soak it up and watch it and love it and i'll get frustrated with worm he's a terrible character a terrible human being and um, we all have one of those worms in our lives, and we just got to find the right time to, to to get rid of them. Sooner is better. People aren't going to change, man. So if you can if you can live with that guy forever, then go for it. But I would say it is in your best interest to to ditch the worm, as it were. Man, I hope I'm not a worm. I hope I'm not your worm. You're a leech. Oh. <laughs> You're sucking on my dick. You want <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. All right. Thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast, exclamation mark. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod, at edgyarmo, and at zachdale60, where you can share your thoughts with us and we'll discuss them on our show. Um, we always are open for suggestions on different movies to watch. So please, please, please tweet at us, send us a Facebook message, or if you have our number, you can stalk us. Uh, Anyhow, just please remember, don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.